Anderson has done it to spare on the faces of the batsmen and joy for every England player on the field. Yes, welcome back to Road to the Ashes on SEN and TalkSport. Simon O'Donnell, Steve Harmison with you. Thanks to Australian Made. Look for the green and gold kangaroo. And that takes you down memory lane. We're going to relive one of the most famous days of Ashes cricket. And that was the final day in the 2005 series of the second test at Edgbaston. Steve Harmison Michael, to Michael Kasowitz. That was, that, that was the, the core of it all. That's Casper. Uh, hang on. I think we needed three. Army needed the last wicket for England, and you just saw how it played out then. It's my pleasure to welcome Michael Kasowicz uh, to join us on Road to the Ashes. What's your first reaction to hearing that so many years down the track, Casper? Hey, look, I should just point out that uh, hey, nice to, to join you, Scuba, and also Army. Um, great to you know, connect again. Um, I'm going to say uh, it, it, it was a long time ago, but it's, it was actually I was reminded, obviously regularly about it. But there was a guy in India came to me and he said, uh, he said, Casper, you, you, you single-handedly save Test cricket. <laughs> and at the time, I said, Oh, mate, I oh, look up. Why is that? And he said, I said, Thank you. So how come? He said, Well, because if you had to score those runs with Brett Lee, you would have been two 0 up in the series, and then look, Test cricket just would have died. You know, it would have just disappeared and it all, all done. So I had to thank him, but I said to him at the time, I said um, um, that um, I'll just point out there was a one-test series that calendar year where we didn't use DRS. I think they were introducing it. They didn't use DRS. So I pointed out to him, um, whilst it would have been the right result because I think Hotspot would have picked up that my right hand was actually just off the bat at the time. And I think it's law 34.1 MCC laws of cricket, something around there. <laughs> Um, suggest that's not out. I reckon it could have been a little bit embarrassing for me. You know why? Because I reckon that, that that hot spot might have picked up a little bit of a wet spot of something dribbling down my leg. So <laughs> it was a brood of a ball. What's a brood of a ball? Army, is that where you wanted it to go? No, <laughs> no. I literally had nothing left. I had nothing left. I'd, I'd thrown everything. We had, me and Freddie had thrown everything at Brett. I mean, Brett was like a voodoo doll for me and Fred for that hour and a bit. We hit him everywhere. He ran about three singles without his bat. He hit him on his, yeah. you know, he got an inside, one on the inside side. He literally got hit everywhere. And then Wally stands on his stumps, out walks Casper. Even then we're thinking, right, it's it, it's done. And then I always, but I always get the, I get it the other way, Casper, I get well, surely that wasn't out. He had his hand off his bat. <laughs> you know, I'd hit his glove and had his hand off his bat. And I'm going, mate, I'm a number 11 batsman. In 15 seconds, if that had just happened to me, there's no way in the world I would have gone to DRS. The disappointment and it hit my glove. I didn't realise the hand would have been off the bat. So my question to you, Casper, is did you think your hand was off the bat? Did you have any idea? And would you have gone to DRS in that 15 seconds? Well, well, the point too is uh, well made because I think batting at number eleven, there's not normally any um, any uh, DRS uh, referrals left <laughs> in the bank <laughs> by the time it gets down to us. But oh, look, it was one of those ones, and I think as even as a bowler, you know, like it was short. And to be honest, it, it actually felt, you know, there's these short balls, and you'd see them halfway down or whatever, and you'd see it and duck it, and you you watch it. But for some reason, that ball felt like it just it was. It was, it was short, but it was really reared at the length, hence the reason why you're playing, standing up on it. 
through there. Um, I look, I think deep down at the time, just hands everything and the disappointment. Um, of that getting so close was, um, yeah, you just, it was just the, the moment and it wasn't until later. Um, and I think deliberately, um, I think Channel 4 might have lost the tape, didn't they, for the replay? Yeah. They didn't they go didn't into it. <laughs> they didn't show it that closely at all. But I, I just want to point out too, it was really amazing <clears throat> being in the middle. And I was asked this the other day on uh, on another um, uh, interview, and they said about they said what about the noise? What was it feeling like? I said, well, the thing was, when we we're out there, it was it was so loud. The the crowd were just mm. in every single ball, and each with each run, it was getting you know it was louder and the excitement. But it wasn't, and the way I remember it was that uh, Freddie bowled a ball down. It went down leg side, hit the foot marks, and went for four buys. Um, and then all of a sudden it went from 13 down to nine runs, right? And then all of a sudden everyone went quiet. The whole crowd <laughs> just went really, really quiet. And it was extraordinary out in the middle. And not that you started getting nervous then because, um, oh, look, it was it was uh, one of those things where even going out there with Brett, when we first went out there, said, we even said, mate, we're going to have to be, um, I hate using the word lucky, but we've got to be fortunate here just knowing the, the theory um, for a fast bowler, the theory, of course, when a, a tail ender, um, nose and toes. Casper, <laughs> so how many? Just knowing that we just had to keep keep the ball out. Um, just paint the picture for us of both dressing rooms. Day five, Australia one nil up in the series. Harmy, you you remember the great show, Casper? You got a hell of a fight on your hands. You're 107 runs down. You've got two wickets in hand. You've got Warren and Lee at the at the crease. You to come, Casper. But what was the attitude of both change rooms going into the day? Harmy? Uh, we thought we we were obviously we, we knew Warren was the big wicket. We knew Warren could hurt us because his you know the, to be fair in that series probably Warren got 40 wickets, but he was more of a thorn on our side with a bat than he was with a ball because he kept, you know, he got he as the series went on, he kept on getting runs that used to would would get out of England and keep us England and then the field. But Warney was the one that we had to stop from scoring. We felt as though yeah, number numbers nine and number eleven, we felt as though we could we could get the wicket. But Warney could Warney could win the game. And you know what Warney's like with his back Warney was like with his backed against the wall. So Shane was the big wicket. And but we felt as though like in the first innings, if we got the ball reversing, which we did, the stumps were in play. And we use a short ball wisely. That was that was the theory, and it was always going to be, it was always going to be Flintoff, Harmison, or potentially a little bit of a spinner, and that's how it worked out. And I remember about halfway through that day, I just lost the use of the short ball. I was back. To, remember, you mentioned we were one 0 down. Back to back test matches, legs were working, but the top half wasn't, and the mind was wanting to bowl short. But I kept dribbling down leg side, and it wasn't until the very end I was like, well, the only thing you've got. Is the short ball, so you're gonna to have to bowl it properly. But I just want to ask Casper one question: Did you think you had won? Because I did. Did you think you had won the ball before you got out when Brett got that big boom and full toss? Because as soon as it hit the bat, I thought, "Oh no!" And then I seen it. Simon Jones in the deep. Yeah, well, I think it was um, Peterson, wasn't it? Was it Kev Peterson? Um, I was Simon. Was it Peterson or Simon? I'm not sure. I thought. 
Well, regardless, it, he didn't have to move. And, yeah, um, Binger absolutely crunched it, didn't he? Um, I know going for the Yorker, like you said, yeah, it's instead of like a little bit out, um, it's a gutsy delivery. But but um, off the bat, it was – I wasn't – we weren't raising our arms and <laughs> no cheering like that because he knew there was a sweeper. But like he didn't have to move. It went sort of straight to him. So – the other thing, too, I've got a question for you. One of the things I know from a bowler's point of view, certainly bowling at lower order batsmen, we don't call ourselves tailenders, do we? Um, <laughs> we um, one of the things that you find was that um, generally, the reason why I bat low is that, you know, we don't have the patience. And if you're bowling shorter length outside of stump and building pressure, then obviously we don't have the patience to, to let balls go. What was, I think, interesting too is Brett and myself were scoring runs pretty quickly. Now, not all off the bat, as you mentioned. There was plenty of leg bias, but I think we were almost going nearly four runs and over. Um, so the scoreboard was ticking over, and it wasn't until, I reckon, you got into that almost 10 runs, 15 runs, that all of a sudden you started bowling a couple of, you know, like overs, instead of it just the nose or the toes. It was actually short length outside of stump, and so there was some dot balls happening, and then... As we all know, with a lower order batsman, we a little bit of pressure kicks in. Yeah, but that that, that you mentioned that you're talking about lower order batsman. I pride myself when I left the game as being the eighth most highest run scorer as a number eleven in the history of the game. Oh, I thought that's quite good. <laughs> that's good, that. But yeah, again, the, it was the what you mentioned there. It was just the emotion of the crowd. You know, yeah. You've got to remember, eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning, we walk out to the field with a full house at Edgebaston with yeah. potentially two balls of the game left. And there was a great big group of Merv Hughes's Barmy Army lot. Can't say Barmy yeah. Army. Green gold no, lot in the corner. And they were singing. And in time, it was like 70 to win. And then they were like 69 yeah. to win. And they counted all the way down. Now, they were funny at 70. They were, you know, they were, they were, it, was, it was a chuckle at 45. Boy, they were annoying when they got to about 15 or 20, I tell you. There was something players not happy with that group of about 70 in the corner. In those final yeah, moments, you yeah. guys, what who, who was your go-to? Now, obviously, Casper, your go-to was Brett Lee. I'd be interested to know what you two spoke about. And Harmy, who was your go-to? Who was the was it was it a flint off? Was it the 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 skipper, Michael Vaughan? Who who was it that was in your ear saying Come on, you can do this. Come on, we can get there. Well, one one was Matt Hoggard and the other one was Andrew Flintoff. Andrew Flintoff was bowled at the other end, so we were bouncing things off each other. And the other one was Matthew Hoggart saying, come on, get this wicket, because I don't think my nerves will stand if I have to take my jumper off and start bowling here. <laughs> Huggy just didn't want to bowl. Huggy didn't want to bowl. He was, he was bricking it. So in the, in the, the, the other one, other bowler that we, we talked to was, was Simon, who... The one person you didn't want to get that catch diving forward to after what happened to him in Brisbane was, mm -hmm. was Simon Jones. You know, Freddie bowled the ball, which was the back of a length, Casper overcutted it, and Simon comes in, just missed, sort of misjudged it, and then had to dive forward. And then when you see Simon diving, your heart goes in your mouth after what happened to the big fella at, um, at Brisbane. So they just that morning had everything. But me and Fred were just, again, like what Casper was saying, we were quite happy with. Shit, not so much Shane because Shane was gonna would could hurt us, but Brett and Casper playing shots, giving them something to hit, bowling that fuller wide outside of stump, bowling a little bit shorter so they can get their hands free. Because as we know, tail enders hit the ball in the air, and we'll, it was just an epic morning. 
What were you guys talking about, yeah, Casper, um, the change of overs and stuff? Oh, look, I'm trying to keep it light, to be honest. I think um, going out there even, I was trying to smile, just smiling and fingering, saying that, you know, we, yeah, we just let's have fun out here because um, it's a long way to go. Um yeah, let's just, just see how it goes. So that's what we were trying to do, just trying to bounce and just you know, have a bit of a... Well, it's not easy to laugh out there, but the irony is you don't hear anything. Um, there's this constant din of the, the, the crowd, obviously, the noise. But the trick part about it is that, um, yeah, you, you, when you're facing, when you're batting, I'm sure there's pressure, but you don't... When I say don't feel it, um, you kind of don't because you can control it in that, you know, you're facing the ball. When you're at the other end or in the crowd or everywhere else, um, you can't control any of that pressure. And so that's where it's really hard. I know that the next test, I think it was at um, uh, Manchester, mm -hmm. Old Trafford. Um, I remember not playing that one. McGrath has actually got back um, remarkably, but he's got this ability to do that, to actually play. And I think we... we and feeling setting and watching it, um, we got a draw, but salvaged a draw out of that game. Um, but sitting there so nervous because you, you couldn't do it, and just realizing the time that it, it was so less hectic um, out in the middle. I remember sitting I remember here at home after that session. That. So, sorry, I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I can concur with what Casper's saying there. I'm in the ball in my hand, twenty with. The run up 22 yards away for six balls. I'm not feeling anything other than Brett Lee, Michael Kasparovic at the other end. I am going to try and knock them over. I am at fine leg watching Andrew, Andrew Flintoff bowl six balls and I am shaking like you'd not believe. Honestly, my backside's going, legs, legs are going, they're jelly. Don't hit it to me like you'd hit it to Simon. I'm thinking because there's no way, one, I'll be able to chase it, two, I'll be able to catch it. I was a nervous wreck at fine leg or at mid on. But when you had the ball in your hand, it was business. This is this is what I'm good at. And this is, and for me, that that hour and a half, you go, Richie Benno's great comment, this is theatre. And it was. It was proper, proper theatre. And that's what you played the game of cricket for. And that's what Ashes cricket was about. It had an enormous yeah. impact on cricket. And I think mm. not only just the match itself, but that endearing image of... Freddie Flintoff and Brett Lee after the, the epic test match. Do you guys look back on it differently to any other test match you played? And I don't want that to sound like a silly question because it, it probably is. You know, but did it, because it was so close and be both sides, you know, lived through the pressure of it, was it a different test match to any other game you've played? Um, look, I was fortunate I went um, to England in 97. So I experienced it before. And at that point in time, I'd played five years of county cricket. So I'd seen how England works, the pitches. Um, I lived in, in, in the UK, um, spent some good time there. So I had a real sort of, you know, closeness to it. But even with the Australian team, when you, I guess I would never, I was never sort of first picked. I was always one of those guys um, that sort of came off the bench whenever required. And predominantly the tours I went on tend to be the subcontinent uh, um, areas, but England, of course, as well. It was interesting. It was probably 13 times in 10 years, I think it was, um, that I actually was in and out of that Australian side. I had 10 years um, exposure to it. When you said about um, 
the um, the feeling. One of the things that I'm, after that second test, um, after the whole series, it was, it was incredible the impact it made everywhere because at the end of it, um, it might have been that same Indian bloke I was saying that, that um, oh, the Imperial Hotel in Delhi, when I, he came across, I was mm. telling him about um, Law 34.1. Um, <laughs> he said, I said, oh, look, he said, thank you. You single-handedly saved Test cricket. And I said, well, do you know that junior participation, both England and Australia went up by about 25% or, or thought more because of all that series. There was a DVD that was released, the greatest test match, you know, 10,000 copies of that. I think all the England players, all, well, you all got MBEs, didn't you? As yeah. Well. Even, yeah. I, I, have, I heard that the bus driver got one too. But yeah. there was Paul Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. The thing was that, no, the thing was that um, I said to this bloke, I said, what do you reckon happened to me? If I was single-handedly responsible for you know for, for this, you know, what happened to me? And they saw oh, what must have been, you know, must have been great. I said, no, no, I got dropped. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the many times I was dropped. So, but I think that was that was it, just being part of that that series, any Ashes series, but obviously what that did to cricket, um, you know, not only in Australia and certainly the UK, but you think around the world. And and I really um oh, I like to say playing a a pivotal part. In that particular test match, um, you know, whilst it was disappointing, it gets so close. Um, you know, it's, it's it's great that what what's the saying? Um, you've got to give back to the game what the game gave you. Yeah, <laughs> there's nine million Something people like watch that. that. Nine million people watch that Sunday morning, Casper. Nearly nine million people. Is that eight point eight or eight point nine million people watch that hour on Sunday morning? Which yeah, and that's uh, ridiculous. And that's just. Yeah, that's just in um, England and Australia, yeah. I reckon. Um, plenty just over in, England. in That was just in England. Yeah, I know. Mm. Just England. Yeah, that was just in England. To, there's nothing yeah, else nothing to do, else to do on that morning, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was just, it was, it was, it was, th- that ended up being just a small part of what was five unbelievable test matches. If that was just the isolated incident alone, not sure that it would have been talked about as a greater series, but we had exactly the same at. Old Trafford, we'd had exactly the same at Edgebaston. Uh, I mean, at uh, Trent Bridge, and then obviously yeah. you, you had one at, at the Oval lunchtime on day five, seventy for five, uh, and then KP plays his in. So for me, it was a, yeah. it was a brilliant series, not just the the one Test match. Yeah, absolutely no, brilliant exactly. series, uh, and fantastic to reflect on uh, what was uh, one of the great Test matches in history. Casper, we thank you very much for uh, giving us your time and and your thoughts on uh, um, on uh, what was uh, one of those uh, matches that will uh, stand the test of time. Scuba, thanks so much, and uh, great to see you, Harmy. You're looking so well too. You too, Matt. You too. Look forward to seeing this summer. <laughs> if you're